welcome to another episode of the Spitfire Gaming Podcast. Like buses, you wait for one and three come along at once. Um, we've got a recurring friend of the show, Scott, back again. Welcome back, Scott. Hello. You'll be claiming expenses. <laughs> You'll be claiming a salary before that. Yes, that's the ultimate aim. Um, to quote another uh, famous fantasy, well, famous um, podcast, other podcast guests are available, or not, as ah, the case may they're be. They're not as cool, though, or apparently have as much of their time on their hand available <laughs> to come on to the podcast. Yeah, that's uh, that's the thing. How available are you? And everybody else says, I'm not. But for some reason, you <laughs> are. I just, I just, I just like to feel wanted. Well, it, it works out for me. I don't have to pester as many people. And you seem to get a lot of views, so I'm happy with it. See, everyone wins. Because <laughs> well, people, people obviously tune in to listen to my dulcet tones as they nod off to sleep. Well, it's like ASMR, isn't it? Yeah, turn that on. Just, just white noise to people. Yeah, just to put you to sleep. We endlessly talk <laughs> about nonsense. <laughs> Speaking of nonsense, um, uh, we have decided to discuss the Cardiff Christmas Crusade, which we are going to, uh, well, it'll be uh, next Saturday, isn't it? Yes. The, what's, what, what day is that? Is it the 17th? Something like that. I don't, this could be, people could be listening to this in the year 2030, so it doesn't really matter. But. The 19th, it turns out. 19th and 20th of November. Well, this is um, not a narrative. This is uh, another. This it's based on the Triple Crown comp. That's what they use, but they've they've done some tweaks to it. Um, but we actually went to the first Cardiff Crusades, which was was that oh, just after sort of lockdown, etc. Finished, so yeah. a year or so ago. Yeah, lockdown ended, and then this was one of the first ones that. Got back we, were, we were all masked, weren't we? It was the first Warhammer event like since COVID. And did they have about 70 attendees? Yeah, they had about 70. And it's it, was a, it was huge. And it had it was at Firestorm Games in Cardiff, which is a, a massive, really nice venue, which these have kept using. So yeah, that's an incredible It's an ex-car um, show. Car show? Yeah, so it's all glass. So it's a really nice Warm. venue. It was warm, wasn't it? It was summer? very warm. <laughs> Seventy people. Winter. It might be a bit different. It's still a greenhouse. Yeah, that's true. Well, we didn't know what to expect than uh, last the last time. Um, and Cardiff is just a, a wild place. I think that's putting it. Cardiff, oh, a savage. <laughs> savage. People who've not been to Cardiff. Need to know the place is just utter carnage. It, it is. It's wild. Um, th- that was also the time where the petrol was running out. That's a distinct memory I have. Is uh, trying to, to go home and thinking I've got about thirty miles left, and every petrol station I was going to had no petrol. So yes, you know, that was the takeaway from the last one. That yeah, was terrible. It was an interesting time. Flashing it back now. I, that I, last time I took the Ilaria list, and I don't think I did particularly well. Well, I don't know. I can't even remember where I placed in that one. I came fourth. 
I didn't come anywhere near four. Both. Oh. So close yet so far. <laughs> Are you planning on beating that this time? No, the list I've taken. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be far funnier though. Well, the uh, the thing I also remember about Cardiff last time was uh, ending up crashing a not a christening, was it a wedding party? I think, and Stan would be able to correct us if we see I think we crashed a 21st birthday party First and birthday. Ended, up, ended up on a street drinking Red Stripe yeah. until who knows what time in the morning. That was it. What a time of your life. <laughs> That's how you celebrate the end of lockdown. Somebody else's birthday party drinking Red Stripe in the street. Yeah. It was a Caribbean rum bar. Yes, it was. It was excellent. <laughs> it was about a dive and I loved it. Um, I think we should try to repeat that. Oh, absolutely. Couldn't agree more. If I can remember where it was. It wasn't even in the city, was it? It was, a, it was in the outskirts. It was, it was like, yeah, where we like we had an Airbnb. Just somewhere in between the city centre and the venue. <laughs> um, well, this year, um, we, well, I wasn't going to, I wasn't too minded about whether to go to, go to this one. And, um, it was actually when we were going to. Uh, wasn't the was it the triple crown? Was it? Uh, was it the triple crown? Yes, it was the triple. It wasn't the narrative. It was. It yeah, was the GT. It was a GT, and I remember being in the queue for Greg's at the services, and he was saying, "Are you going to uh, Cardiff?" And I said, "Well, probably not." And then he said, "It's fifty percent lords." And I thought, "You can take five phoenixes in fifty percent lords." I'm in. So, yeah, that was that was pretty much the extent of the conversation, wasn't it? Well, you told me you, you and Stan had told me about the ludicrous list that you were considering taking. So I thought, actually, yeah, I will go and I'll see what and I you can will do. Join our idea of just going to an event and taking ludicrous lists and spending Friday and Saturday drinking. Red stripe, ludicrous lists, savagery, <sighs> yeah, and petrol. So we're not going to get stuck yes yes exactly <laughs> so, so yeah but i mean um so that nicely segues of talking about the ludicrous lists doesn't it, it? it does I've, I've already given a bit of a spoiler but um i'll keep everyone in suspense what what are you bringing so my list i had to make a relative short-term adjustment purely based on Painting time following the recent house move. Um, Everyone's getting uh, sick of that excuse. It's, uh... I know, but I'm just going to flog it till it's a dead horse. <laughs> so the intention, the original list, so to speak, was um, two ghoul kings, both riding terrorgeists, one with Aura of Dark Majesty for the minus one LD, one with Curse of the Revenant and Scabscrath. Um, for an additional scream, and okay. then two terrorgeists in rare, so that I would have had four terrorgeists on the board, five death death shrieks, uh, and then some other stuff, essentially. So that that the two laws were fifty percent of me army plus a level one necromancer. Um, then obviously two terrorgeists, a unit hex race, and then the core was bang on six two five, so I didn't have to take a penny over. <laughs> Sadly. Sadly, because of the, the 
the aforementioned lack of pain, I have had to drop one of the Ghoul Kings from the army list, which uh, I'm sure makes everybody as sad as it makes me, because <laughs> no one enjoys screaming as much as I enjoy screaming. So you've unfortunately had to make a concession to... Um... I have, yeah. So the original list, which I believe was also plus one on their comp, um, <laughs> <laughs> which is wild. Um, so that, that, with that in mind, I've, I've decided I've only got enough time to actually get one of those additional terror guys painted. So the character setup now looks like um, Count Manfred uh, on a Hellsteed. Um, so he will, I've had to drop one scream, but I have sort of subbed in a powerhouse of magic casting, um, Lawmaster, Vamps, Lawmaster, Death, and uh, he's flying. So, you know, flying purple sun, or, and Spirit Leech. Spirit Leech. As you, absolutely, because you know, I don't leave home without a Spirit Leech if I can avoid it. I think there's, there's a, should be a drinking game that you have to drink every time you mention Spirit Leech on these oh. episodes. We'd not be in a good spot, would we? <laughs> well, we might be, but everybody else would be. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, Count Manfred's uh, subbed in as we general uh, instead of one of the Ghoul Kings. And the rest of my character allowance is made up by a Ghoul King on a Terrorgeist who has Scabscraft, Curse the Revenant, and Dragon Bane Gem, <laughs> so that I retain a double scream from that model. Um, and remember, this is uh, this is reduced from the previous number of screams. <laughs> this is one whole less scream. Um, core, 40 skeletons, 40 zombies, 30 zombies, 30 zombies, 5 direwolves, 5 direwolves. Not interested. Nobody cares. Let's be honest. It's 65 on the money because Four I just attacks. need it. Exactly. Um, special, 5 hex wraiths. Part of his wishes are gone for 10. Just for the absolute lols, but it was that or a terror geist, and we know where my love lies. <laughs> uh, two spirit hosts, individual units um, for amazing ethereal chaff, and then Ray is another two terror geists, and the army rounds out at exactly 2500 minus one on their comp score, so pretty close to zero, and it's got a mega four screams. You couldn't just for. Practicality's sake, you couldn't paint the last one to get to five, but that was your intention. Oh, 100%. And I will revisit that if this, if somewhere, some crazy place ever lets us take 50% loads again. <laughs> Obviously, it's not it's not the most competitive by any stretch of the imagination. Well, a, a gun but, line would... Uh, oh, yeah, a good a gun line or a light council. And to be honest, I might as well not bother unpacking the army and I'll just get drunk. However, <laughs> if I don't play one of those, and even if I do, it's still going to be hilarious. And what's your uh, overall strategy for this? Is it just fly up, scream, repeat? Fly up, scream, and hopefully if I get to play, if I play something with low initiative, uh, six dice per person. Because <laughs> in all honesty, why the hell not? Like, why not? To the max, I think that's... Uh... Um, so yeah, look, I mean, obviously having a flying Manfred, um, means I've got like all of the death snipes available, um, as well as the debuffs and obviously some of that debuff is, uh, on LD. Is he Lawmaster Death? Lawmaster Death and Lawmaster Vampires. Yeah, that's right. 
Oh, yeah, yes. That means a lot of points, and it doesn't have a ward save. And it could explode. But, and it can explode, but, you know, if you can't explode, then what's the point? <laughs> that's, uh, yeah, that's, that's giving a bit of balance to the list. Yeah, that's look, I mean, it's going to be incredibly fun to play regardless of the outcome was the arm the army that the intention of the list is it's a one-trick pony although it's it's a two-trick pony i suppose now that i've had to drop a terror geist and put in manfred but it does what it does i think what it does it does very well other than that it does nothing <laughs> <laughs> but it will definitely definitely be fun to play and i suppose something else we should mention which is one of the reasons I have taken it is that in Cardiff Crusade, hills and impassable terrain are infinitely high, so you can hide beasts behind it. Yes, that's uh, very important in uh, both our lists, I think. Very. And, and it's beasts sort of... or a uh, flying general who doesn't have a ward save. <laughs> you don't need a ward save if you can't be targeted. Exactly that. That that's sort of the theme of uh, all of our lists. The entire intention of going there was. Uh, all your eggs in one basket and uh, hope for the best. Yeah, I mean, we must. You were right to preface it earlier. Like we purposely made lists that were just going to be hilarious. <laughs> well, we've done it all before. I mean, like it's another Valaria list. Yeah, I've done it before. But why not take well, something absolutely ludicrous? Well, we've had a mind, Mark. We've discussed my ludicrous list. <laughs> what, what, what about your ludicrous list? Well. I have it in front of me. So, here we go. Lords, General, Anointed of Assyrian on a Frostart Phoenix. Lords, another Anointed of Assyrian on another Frostart Phoenix. Heroes, Karadrian on Ashtari, who is a Frostart Phoenix. Then there's some core, which isn't so exciting. So, 10 Illyrian Reavers with bow and spear uh, and standard and musician. And then five sets of Silver Helms with the standard bearer and musician. And then rare again, uh, two Frostart Phoenixes for a grand total of five Frostart Phoenixes. Um, and how many, how many models in core? How many models in core? Uh, 25. Wow. All mounted. All mounted. There is no infantry in this list at all. There is no <sighs> magic it. in this list at all, which is um, brand new brand to new me. For you. Uh, who, who needs magic when you've got five Phoenixes? Well, magic can go wrong, can't it? You can roll to miscast. So if you just remove that entirely, you don't have to worry about it. You don't have to worry about it once by turn two anyway when all of your phoenixes are in combat. <laughs> that's that's the idea, but um, my comp score is plus one. It's so, incredible. So it's a very fluffy list. We can take it by this. Yes, I, I, I agree. As as was my previous list before I had to drop a terror geist. If you're positive, you're taking a fluffy list. <laughs> well, it makes sense. Like Thradrian and two anointed, who technically should be lower in rank than him, but are in fact lords and therefore higher in rank. Don't don't get that. Are floating about with some more frost up phoenixes and some Illyrian reavers and silver helms are there. Um, Look, they were obviously just flapping around for a fly. Yeah, like. And you're taking the flock of phoenixes out for a fly. <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently it's an odyssey of phoenixes. That's the name for a group of phoenixes. So, of course it is. I have got an odyssey of phoenixes. We've got an odyssey and some horses. 
And in the spirit of what we were saying before, this is uh, this is all eggs, one basket. There is, there's no steadfast. There's no infantry blocks. There's no shooting, really, except the Reavers have got some very devastating strength three bows. No magic. Um, no stubborn. So... Five Phoenixes, though. Five Phoenixes. <laughs> The, the dream is to get all five of them into one big block and roll for oh. five D6 Thunderstomps. That would be... That's the, that's the dream, isn't it? That would be pretty good. Because Phoenixes force all strike last, does that mean they go at the same time as the Thunderstomp? Uh, yes, it's the same initiative step. Oh. So even if you do kill one or wound it, it still gets its uh, Thunderstomp. I'm not honest, killing a phoenix in combat is not is a lot easier said rather than done. Yeah, the only downside, which I think tournament organisers in the future should um, change this, is the the minus one strength on it doesn't aura doesn't stack, whereas I think it should. And like yes, like, you coming on and trying to get Frosthearts buffed <laughs> is frankly the most outrageous thing that's ever been said. Well, I think they're quite underpowered because of that. And you know, like um, Skaven spells, uh, plague is it wither, where you can actually kill a unit by dropping its toughness permanently. You should be able to do that with frost starts. So if you're strength three and you get charged by three frost starts, it should stack, and that should kill the unit because you've got a stat down to zero. No, no, it's just ridiculous. Then, enough of your nonsense. Then they might be priced accordingly. You know, otherwise they're uh, they're overcosted. I think. I mean, they're the cheapest filth from the game. <laughs> it's hard to disagree, but I don't care. Look how happy you sound, though, with your with your army of five phoenixes well, and some other stuff. Yeah, there's some other. St there's a cortex there that might do something or might not. Who knows? I'm not going to so, worry about that yeah. too much. Safe to say, they're outrageous lists. I have enjoyed painting it though, because I had. I've painted Karajian ages ago, and I think I've used them only once against you, um, where you've, I didn't even factor in Dragonbane Gem, and he didn't manage to kill a uh, Ghoul King. Good times, though. Yeah, don't make that mistake twice. Um, but I had two Phoenixes, and I bought two more Phoenixes with the Anointeds on. It's been quite nice to paint them, because they're all different um, colours, so they're all different yeah. ages and different intensities uh, of cold. To be fair, obviously I've seen them, the pictures of the, them, and you've done a really nice job on them, okay. and it will look, it will look really cool <laughs> on the board as well. But let's let's be honest. Well, I played um, friend of the channel Rob Nixon um, the other day in East Skaven, and uh, a lot of things went wrong for him. I wasn't saying this is a master strategy, but at the end, I didn't have enough space around what was left of his screaming bell unit to um, charge the last phoenix in. They literally ran out of space, so... You're a bad man. Yeah, I didn't feel... Well, yeah, I did feel great. The rats, yeah. Solving the rat problem. It didn't help. Do. Yeah, well, his own people had betrayed him and started blowing up his own warp lightning cannons and his Gracia went into the realm of chaos. And that's turn one, didn't he? Turn one, yeah. So that's not yeah. really a good example. of. I've only played it once, and I don't think that's a really good indicator of what it can do because the Skaven sabotaged themselves most of it. Good times though. 
so there's the list. Now, um, Cardiff tend to do, they do scenarios on their, um, for their missions. Slightly more. Yeah, than... they're smart, they're like really quite cut. It's much more, I think, in line with for those people who play ninth age, probably, where they're quite, quite cut. Certainly not the scenarios out of the uh, big red book by any stretch. No, and um, even Triple Crown do them their own thing, like uh, Watch Hill instead of Watchtower, and um, there's the Banners one. But they seem to they, they've generated their own, so. They're all based on scoring units in Cardiff. So to be scoring, you've got to start with a banner. Yeah, you've got to have a banner, and you've got to be at least ten models for infantry and five models for cavalry. And has never count as scoring, even if it's the general or BSB. It's purely units. Yeah, purely units. Um, and fly. Uh, sorry. Yeah, skirmishes don't count as well, or units with fly yeah. or hover. Yeah. That's because you've got it. The missions are all very much objective based rather than just. Um, Which clearly, again, paid absolutely zero attention to <laughs> when making our hilarious lists. Well, to be fair, I did give the Silver Helms. You might be wondering why have I given the Silver Helms banners? That's because I wrote one draft of the list and then realised I hadn't actually read any of the missions and I probably couldn't actually score anything. So um, how many banners do you have? I Six. actually have. Uh, one, two, three, four. I've got four. Solid. I also have four, but yours are a lot more mobile than mine. Yeah, that, that's what I thought. I like. I might just... It, it, they might get gain me an objective at some point if I get in the right place at the right time. Or they might all die. But either way... You know, you're actually okay with it. I'm not too concerned either way. Um, yeah. I'll deal with it. Objectives are fun losers. Yeah. Certainly with on trick pony army lists with us. Correctly, I can't focus on bringing five phoenixes and the objectives at the same time. That's just not possible. It's too much to comprehend. Um, uh, sorry, go on. Likewise, I can't waste time worrying about objectives when I need to decide what I'm screaming at. <laughs> um, I don't know. Yeah, we. I'm going to say we are in the spirit of this. We're just in. One particular element of fifty percent lords and heroes. Uh, yeah, element of we saw that. We saw that. We just got really excited. Yeah, you don't, you don't really need to read the rest. If, uh, although it might help to know basically what you're doing. Um, but I've got the missions um, on here, so let's have a look. So this is the first one, which is frontline clash. So it looks like standard battle line. However, the objectives are. Uh, at the end of each game turn after the first, the player with the most scoring units within six inches of the centre of the board gains a counter. At the end of the game, the player with the most counters wins a secondary objective and gains 500 victory points. So there's going to be a big punch-up in the middle of the board, essentially. Uh, well, I'm going to march my blocks of undead troops forward, leave them there, <laughs> stop worrying about them while I flap around screaming and casting spells. Well, in a... A tactic that might shock you. I'm also going to park my <laughs> cavalry on the center line and then fly around with five phoenixes and see what happens. Yeah, I think after that, like nothing to worry about. 
to be fair, as a comp, oh, they've not returned to Slitter of the Cardiff guys. Because actually, as a as a as a snarl, I quite like it. Yeah, I do like it because it it uh, rewards. You can't just sit back. You've got to sort of you've got to be aggressive with it. Because otherwise, you've got to get. Because you start maximum starts twelve inches away. So turn one, yeah, and it, because it's it's a counter that builds. It's not like you just you can hold and then rush to the end of the game. You yeah. need to get there. And you need to get there early and stay there in yeah. an ideal world. And if you so, start losing it, uh, it's going to be hard to bring that back. Yeah, I, generally, I actually like if, and we're flippantly talking about not caring about the shows, but actually, I think this is a really quite fun um, scenario. Yeah, and one that be like a a, a, a a correctly written army or a <laughs> an army written with any of the scenarios remotely interested <laughs> is, is interesting and i love the idea of like getting everything to the middle and then the push and shove of a of a good old-fashioned brawl yeah I, I like that um and also it, it it sort of puts you off the uh death star in a way in that if you park your death star in there that's one but you could park three littler units on there and you're not going to win the objective. Yeah, and I think if um, if I use the like, not quite your list, but if I was taking dark elves, and you've got several units of dark riders that happen to have a banner, and are therefore incredibly flexible, being fast calf, you can just dance around, and you can always have a minimum of three yeah. in the scoring zone. Plus, probably a Death Star or two decent sized units. Yeah, um, I, I like anything that encourages like, don't just sit back, because um, you've got to get to that middle line as quickly as possible. I would, I would think, because the the start when that starts, that counter starts ticking away, it's going to be very difficult to bring it back. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what we think about this when we do a summary after the event. Mm. Um, so yeah, for, 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 I'm with you. Uh, for me, it encourages you to get there, turn one, sit there, and just try to soak up as many points as you can. Yeah. And 500 victory points, that's quite a swing because it's still the 20 nil system, which I've never printed that off. No, I haven't. But I yeah, think it's, um, the, it's the same as it normally. Yeah, so over, over 2,000 points, 2,001 points or above is a 20 nil. Um, so it goes up in brackets of 200. So that 500 points is the equivalent of a three-bracket swing, potentially. Yeah, that's quite a lot. It's big. Mm. But I like that as a starting one as well. I think it sets a good tone yeah. for their event from a, from, a, from a scenario point of view. Yeah, I, I like that one. Um, so the next one is... The first of the strange deployments. Yeah, Dawn Assault. So... Um, it says, so essentially you start at angles from one another 18 inches from the board edge yeah but it says the player choosing the deployment zone also chooses the short board edge and the other player gets the opposite so you're, you're playing from the, the short edge oh you're playing, you're playing short edge to short edge uh, when declaring special deployment sorry what no, deployment zones are more than 12 inches away from the centre line and more than quarter 
Oh yeah, sorry. That's just it. Just reads really strangely. Apologies. Yeah. So you're sort of you are playing short edge, but it doesn't really matter until the special rule comes in, which is um, you can keep up to two of your units as reinforcements, which deploy as per ambushes, except they must be placed touching the owner's short board edge when they arrive. So I'm not sure what the advantage to that would be. If it's got to be your short board edge. Because ambushes are going to be miles away from... If you put everything on the extreme corner, like as far up as you can, that's the furthest away from your short board edge. I know the deployment zones are still centre to centre, like as on the large board edge. Yeah. Yeah. Strange. So you essentially start in like a, a, a two-thirds corner. Yeah. Opposite one. Yeah, so you're not like, it's not like Battle for the Pass where you're across it, you, but it mentions the short board edge for ambushes, so. Yeah. I suppose, I suppose that means you can actually start, you can come on as an ambusher though on the opponent's side of the table. Ah, uh, yeah, that's what it is. That, so that quarter gap. Yeah. Well, it lets you come on. Uh, it's actually interesting. Yeah, I get it. I, I quite like it. It's work overly complex until you read it properly. Um, and then I, then I suppose then this we've actually got the scenario part of it as well. Oh, have I included that? I don't think I have. Um, but it says... So the player with the most scoring units inside the opponent's deployment zone wins the secondary objective for again 500 victory points right uh, so that this one is the game so could go well for while your phoenixes are off being cool you could then quite near the end fire off your very fast elven cavalry into the deployment zone assuming they're alive there's no guarantees um the ambushes rule is not very good though is it is it is it four of us come on it's terrible yeah so it could essentially, I mean, it's only two units, which for a normal army wouldn't be a problem, but for the list I've written is quite significant. <laughs> Suppose if you, if you so wished, you could keep two of your Silver Helm units in the yeah, that's what I would just do. as something different. I think that's what I would do. Um, and then, yeah, as you're saying, even if you wait until, like, I think it's turn four, they automatically come in, isn't it? Or am I confused? Uh, I think we're confusing, but also I'd have to check because I've never used ambushes. I've never used it. The very start of eighth, I don't like the rule. It's one of the reasons why I used to have wood elves. I didn't really take glade riders. I just don't like ambush as a rule. I know it's not very good because it's it, the swing is so huge that you could not have a lot of your units uh, for a, a big chunk of the game. Yeah, but that's it. It's different and. The second objective once again encourages forward play. Yeah, that's uh, again that's aggressive, isn't it? And then you yeah. you could almost sort of be um, swapping sides as you're passing them. Do you wait and fight them in the middle, or do you abandon that and go around for the extra victory points? Yeah. So I think some at the game one, I'm probably going to march forward turn one before we generals then nowhere near the rest of me foot troops. Uh, I, I, I'll just fly around and then. Take me 
I'll take ages for my then undead to shamble forwards <laughs> into the employment zone. Oh yeah, you've got all that uh, general aura <laughs> nonsense to worry about. Yeah, but, and I actually give a crap about the objective while I'm running around screaming and giggling to myself. But you could ambush on some zombies. And that's I could use all. Yeah, I actually think about ambushing on the two units of thirty zombies plus hilarious ambushing zombies. Because that's only eighteen inches. Which no, could... to be honest, I still. You'd need four turns if the general wasn't here. I might get there because they're moving four. So there won't be ambushes. They'll be starting near the general, marching forward eight, potentially getting Van Hells and then getting left. Just cast Van Hells over and over again. Everything will be fine. Uh, but yeah, I quite like. I like it in the fact that it once again encourages um, aggressive play. Uh, so the next one is. Oh, you've cut off the top, but I'll read through it. Oh, yeah. This one's, got, this one's got a lot of text. <laughs> um, so this one, you can see a bit of the, on the diagram. Deployment zones are no more than eight inches away from the center line, but units must be deployed more than 20 inches away from enemy units. So during your first three deployment turns, each player must deploy a single unit if possible and cannot deploy any characters unless they have to. Special deployments ignore these rules. So essentially, every time, if you drop first, put you at a big advantage because your opponent can't drop anything within 20 inches of any of your troops. Yeah, it's probably an area to Yeah, very interesting. And that sort of, that eliminates a lot of first turn charging. Because you think eight inches, uh, well, 16 inches away, that's pretty. that's a pretty good charge for a flyer anyway. Every time you put a unit down, you force your opponent back like a minimum of four inches. Yeah, which I find like see, it's intriguing. Yeah, that's quite interesting. That. Um, and then I suppose the scenario rules so we can talk about the whole thing as a collective is King of the Hill. Um, so after spell selection, so bef uh, so therefore before any deployment or anything like that, uh, choose a terrain piece isn't impassable and they're not fully inside your own deployment zone so there's a lot of scenery therefore in the middle of the table one would assume on your opponents um and you need to then capture that terrain piece and you do so by having any scoring unit in the terrain feature at the end of the game um, and if you do so but do not let yours be captured it's 500 vps but if they both get captured, no one gets it. So this is sort of the opposite of that. Is that sort of defensive, um, encouraging defensive play? It's This is a bit of a, um, a real mix and match, isn't it? You've got to both capture the opponents whilst defending yours. And you've thought, there's a, the further up you deploy to get into the opponent, the further away you're actually pushing them. Yes, this is a real um, a real thinking one when it comes to deployments and movement. Um, and once again, focuses on scoring units, so you can't capture the said train piece by just flying in a general, for example, on on say a phoenix. Um, and Outrageous! I can, How dare they? Well, I mean, I agree. My flying general should also be allowed to capture things. <laughs> 
but you can see why with some of the scenarios that they don't let flyers score. Although to be fair, fast carve are almost just as manoeuvrable. It's just the um, uh, dangerous terrains you're gonna have to be slightly concerned about. If so, it's a forest, interesting. Yeah, of course. Um, interesting. Really interesting. Um, um, yeah, it is because you want to keep something back to keep your forest, or the, otherwise it's mutually assured destruction. I suppose it's it, it, this could this could well be one of those scenarios where you get a lot of games where no one gets the objective. Yeah, I think um, it definitely favours some certain build armies. I think. Um, but interesting, I think it's, it's how much do you commit to attack versus how much do you commit to defence. But like standard build high elf, what I would do is just stick my archers in the terrain piece because they'll be fine, and then move what the white lion horde things got with it to take the other one. Yeah. yeah, well, I've got no fast scoring units, so salavi. Mm. But that's because that's the that's the vanguard rules, isn't it? just turned up to eleven. You can't deploy within twenty inches of the enemy. Yeah, yeah. You could really, you really could. You can really be quite. You can really be quite smart with where you try to force your opponent almost to to place themselves. Where you could force them, like if it's a uh, like to, well, dwarfs would move anyway. But you could force them right into the back line. Ish. I mean, obviously, you can only be there's only, because the center lines. Where it is, you can. It's Sixteen. You only force them. So it's four. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, just, I mean, I think um, it'll definitely, definitely uh, be interesting to see this scenario in practice. I think, to be honest, I can't say I'm going to take any finesse with that. I'm probably just going to line five phoenixes right on the line and hope for the best. Oh, I mean, when it comes to defending your train piece, I'm probably going to leave me, me probably the zombies there and hope that. Let me skeletons eventually get to where they need to be to score it. Truth be told, I'm not going to care, and I'm going to fly around screaming and casting spells. I'll probably just leave the units. It's getting quite a common theme that I'll just leave some silver helms there and hope for the best. I suppose one because of how flexible, because of how fast your units are, though, you could essentially. Get your phoenixes across there, kill whatever's on the hill, give or take possibly. Then, quite late game, get your uh, silver helms marching across to take it. Yeah, and if anything goes wrong, the phoenixes could probably come back, you know, for the north side. All depends where the terrain piece is, because again, mm. remember you can't choose something that's wholly within your own deployment zone. So actually, when we were talking about being defensive, you can't defend it because you haven't actually got it to start with. I wonder if this is going to be pre-set up, because if that was me and we're setting the table up, I would just put like one inch or one tiny bit protruding not in my deployment zone and the rest of the terrain yeah. feature in my deployment zone. Oh, hey, both players can choose the same terrain feature. Oh. Oh, that's well, that, what we're talking about. That would be interesting. That would be interesting. Then it becomes like a real battle for the a real battle for the hill. Interesting. I like it though. Again, to be fair to them, it's quite it's quite different, and yeah, it should be interesting seen, to see. 
I've never seen anything like that before. Not different. I actually think if two people pick the same terrain piece, I think that would be more interesting. Oh, agreed. It becomes essentially a bit like um, let's watch watch hill. Yeah, oh, watch hill. Yeah. Oh, fair enough then. Yeah, uh, one yeah. each. Uh, yeah. I think I've missed a bit out of the next one as well, but let's have a look. Well, they, they are big pieces of tech. No, no, you've got the they've got all this one. Oh, there we go. Quite this a few is a bit of text. To be fair, this is in circle. So it says uh, the player choosing deployment zone decides if they want to be the attacker or the defender. The attacker must deploy more than nine inches in the center line. Uh, well, it's explained there in the little map. So the, yeah. I think that says it best and better than the text, doesn't it? To be yeah, honest. Yeah. So the defender has a bulge in the middle, um, and the attacker has the sides where they can deploy a bit more forward. At all points, you give it. You remain give or take eighteen inches apart, except yeah. sorry, twenty inches apart, except at the two protruding points where actually you're only eighteen inches apart. So if you get some decent units on those corners, you could look for some 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 sweet first turn charges potentially. If you had say a few phoenixes, some may say that. <laughs> like, if by any chance you happened to have um, several phoenixes, that could well lead to some first turn shenanigans. This is what I played um, Rob uh, on, oh, and he was the defender. Did you happen to deploy on those corners? Did you and then get Phoenix shenanigan Um I didn't because he had so many cannons and things that could wreck them. Ah. I hid the Phoenixes behind impassable terrain on turn one, anticipating the storm banner to come. Uh, sorry, the howling walk girl to come, which it did. But then the Great Seer decided he wanted to go in the wrong chaos immediately after. So now, what I like about the then the special rules to this though, once you take a, once you once you've seen the specials of deployment. The then special rules is one after again after spell selection, you reveal how many scoring units you have. Uh, your opponent then gets to pick three to destroy. Um, if they've only got two or one or zero, you pick alternative units. Um, and the player who destroys the most scoring units that you've selected gets the secondary objective at five hundred. I'm sure they had something similar to this in the first time we went. Yes, yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. I like things like this because yes, it's it makes you start making important decisions. Do you go after trash, but it's worth more because it's a scoring unit, or do you go for the big unit that's worth a lot of points if you destroy it? And you've you and I have both got um, four banners. Yeah. So they can pick three of our four scoring units, I suppose. My. I'm, that it, um, when I did it with Rob, that mission, um, he just killed all of my scoring units with not really much problem. So I think I can write off that objective for me anyway. Um, well, it depends what that table looks like because actually you could technically hide your scoring units. Do you have to kill all three? No, it's who kills the most. It's who kills the most, right? It's cat. It's kill the most. Essentially, it's kill the most of the marked scoring units. Right. Whoever does so. They get get five points. No, I like that. That's um... actually to be fair to them. That's now four in, and once you read through them properly, I quite like all of their scenarios. Yeah, I do. Yeah, they are pretty good. They they, they actually encourage some um, 
different styles of gameplay rather than your traditional. And I like stuff like that. That makes you think about the game in a, in a different manner. It's just it's going to be interesting to set some of these up. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I like that, though. Like, There's a bit of a wonky deployment, which adds a little bit. It's just something with, like you're not used to it. Yeah, a bit different. But I think like, the biggie is the is that, again, who can kill the most of the marked scoring units. I, I like that. That's probably the one I like the most so far. Because yeah. I like having units with targets on their heads. Yes, same. I might even see if I can dig out a couple of markers to physically put on them. Well, I've got the objectives from the narrative game, so I might take that along. Yeah, I mean, obviously I have them, and I don't know how accessible they are in the <laughs> room. That's just essentially a lot, a lot of modeling things in boxes stacked, because um, that's the room that the new bathroom suite's going to get delivered into. They will be in the box that's the furthest away from the door under the most amount oh. of stuff. Oh, I know, I know exactly where they are because they're in with the Tomb Kings from the narrative in a box. That box is at the bottom of a stack. <laughs> Guaranteed. Right. Yeah, yeah. I looked at them today and thought, ah, box. <laughs> Just have to use a, a pen lid or something to mark it. So the last one, um, Refuse Blank. So this is a bit like uh, meeting engagement. That is the one, isn't it? Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So the board is divided in halves by a diagonal line across the board. Whoever gets deployed at each deployment zone deployed decides which diagonal to use. And then the objective. Immediately after determining deployment zones, both players place one marker on the battlefield, starting with a player who chose the deployment zone. Each player must place the marker within the center point of one 12 inches of the deployment zone. Uh, a marker is controlled by the player with the most scoring units within six inches of the mark, center of the marker. Um, so if you control the most markers, you win the secondary objective, which is similar to the one at the narrative, actually. It is, but there's only two markers. Yeah. So, so you have to place it at least 12 inches away from your own deployment zone. And at least a third of the long board edge from this point marked by the other marks. So they've got to be 24 inches apart, essentially. So, and it's got to be, yeah. So is this just going to force it into the middle? I'm trying to get my head around the measurements here. Or in the opponent's deployment zone. Yeah. But again, that's encouraging aggressive play, if you put it there. Yes. Oh, yeah. It, it's it's essentially just going to be a, a battle for the pair of them. Yeah. You know, because of the fact that you have to put it outside your deployment zone, and then, um, uh, sorry, um, because you've got to put outside your deployment zone, sorry, and so does your opponent. It really makes you think if you're if you're a fast, aggressive army, you might want to place it far back into your opponent's deployment zone to force them backwards. Yeah, to hold it. Um, so, for example, if I was if I was you playing my army, I would put the one for you to get right at the back of my zone because I'm then never going to get to yours because my army's so slow with any kind of meaningful numbers. And then you're going to have to start... You don't really want to start turning things around there, but that's sort of forcing that decision. 
Yeah, I think it's um, I think it's actually quite an intriguing scenario. It's quite brutal that there's only two as well. If if there was because in say the narrative there was four yeah. type thing, um, there was some flexibility and some um, you could faint which way you were going, whereas this one is very much he has two targets like come at them, come and get them. And there was um, a, there was an element of randomness in the narrative which there isn't here. It's just you've got to take them. Both. And they're going to be tw- the twenty-four inches apart. That's a big chunk of that could be a big chunk of space apart for an army such as vampire camps with very little maneuverability. Oh, dwarfs! Like a dwarf list. How dwarf. Do with that? Yeah, I mean, obviously, if I was if I was playing against dwarfs, I'd be putting that marker as far up away from my deployment zone as I could. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Sorry, I put it right in the center because it's 12 inches from your deployment zone. Essentially means you can put it three inches outside of their deployment zone, approximately. And it's in that center ground to come and get it. That's quite interesting because you've got a big decision to make at the start of the game. And you can't, like, if you deploy that objective wrong, you can't really recover from that. Yeah. Interesting. Hmm. Like to, be, to be fair to them, they've written five, well, I think, are quite, generally quite interesting um, interesting comps, interesting scenarios there. Yeah, they're all, they're all different as well. They're not just yeah. a repeat of each other. Big, big focus on scoring units. Yeah, that seems to be their thing. Very um, big. I'm going to very go through all the um, armies now to see how many scoring units people have. So I'm not going to give away the armies because I, I don't know if you might want to do. I don't know if you probably want to do this on the the review, possibly or. Yeah, but... I think there's a, a one in particular that I just want to mention is that there is a list here with three bloodthirsters in it. Oh, hats off to Max! Like you, absolute legend. That is a phenomenal list. <laughs> he is the type of guy who embraces the kind of wild list we brought. Well, and I... for that, Max, we love you. I'm glad that, you know, we're not the only ones who looked at this and said, what's the most ludicrous what's thing the most I can break? <laughs> yeah, yeah, hats off to them. So I'm just going to write, write, I'm going to read out how many scoring units are in each list of interest. Two. Four. Five, sorry. Two, then five. Three in the next one, I think. Three and the one after that, which is the triple bloodthirster one, actually mentioned. <laughs> um, two in the one after that. Two, three in the one after that. Uh, two in the one after that. Four in the one after that. Four in the one after that. So it seems to be around three. So yeah, there's not a lot with lots of scorers. It's that, that early Brett list that had five, which has got the most. Otherwise, actually, you're talking three or four is quite standard. Or there's quite a lot of them with only two. Two is quite. 
It kind of adds another thing because it all depends on scoring units. If you know what the scoring units are, you, you kill them, then you've denied the objective to the opponent from straight away. Mm. Mm. Well, that'll interesting. Be quite interesting to see how these um, scenarios are going to go. Yeah, I think so. Um, sort of look forward to this. I'm looking forward to the event completely for lots of different reasons. One, Cardiff is absolutely savage, um, just as a place and as a people's. Um, and if the last event is anything to go by, like we're just going to have an absolute roar in the city. Um, we'll have a good time Friday night. We'll have an absolute blast during the day Saturday and then uh, some food Saturday night or whatever. All um, this are insane. So that's going to be hilarious, regardless. It's, and the uh, venue's brilliant. Yeah, and it's um, if the Phoenix just gets shot off the board turn one in five games, I'm not really that bothered. <laughs> well, no, that's it. Like if you, it's turn around. Obviously, it's always nice to win, even more so with a crazy list. But yeah. when you take a list like this, you do so knowing that actually it could all go horribly wrong at any given moment. I just thought, um, as a finisher, we'd have a look at the um, awards because these are they do dish out quite a lot of awards for. Yeah, and to be fair, and the, what these what the organisers do very well, to be fair, is find sponsors. Like they've got loads of sponsors and awards, like, sponsors. And, and they're all cool as well. Yeah. They're all very cool, and loads of amazing, like big and small little prizes. Those um, makers wish I'd, you know, my alternative list was. The crazy Chaos Dwarf list that I put together. Yes. There's no Chaos Dwarf players there, so I wish I'd taken my Chaos Dwarf list. You'd automatically won best One, player. Yeah. Best Chaos Dwarf, which would have been cool. Um, a, a free award, still an award. Um, but also, I quite like the idea of taking three Iron Demons in a list. <laughs> I just imagine the gnashing of teeth as they have to hand you the award for best Chaos Dwarf player with that list. Yeah. Well, oh, a... double double lightning demon, hell cannon, Kadai, and then two lords, one on a Bale Taurus casting a shoot, and one on a magic carpet, uh, level four of death, obviously. Spirit Leech, Purple Sun. Spirit Leech, Purple Sun, Arabian Carpet, but the lords. You can't change your list now, so you'll have to do that next year. <sighs> I know. Be funny though that list. Well, you get awards for winning the event, obviously. Uh, you get the Berserker Award for the person with the most victory points at the end of the event. Best painted army. Um, best painted single model. Best sportsmanship award. We will not be winning that. Well, you say that. Um, I've come joined best sportsman at the last two events. Admittedly, without this, a list that has four screams, which probably rules us out of any kind of sporting award. I was just, yeah, it's not really that we're not sporting. It's the look on as you get your five phoenixes out and say, that's that's it, that's the list. That's, <laughs> you immediately tick the not best sportsmanship award there. But, oh, well, I'm not changing it. Um, so what we what we need to do though is if we happen to play one of that, vote for one another so we at least get one. <laughs> at one least vote. get one vote. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, deal. Uh, it's a pity, but we're okay with it. Yeah, that's fine. You've got to take everything you can get. 
Absolutely. There is an award for middle of the road. So the person right in the middle of the um, final list will get an award. Uh, the last crusader, the player who came last, will get an award. Uh, there will be other awards in the day, like oh yeah, they had little swap yeah, prizes yeah. last year, didn't they? Like that was, that was cool, actually. Like the first person to miscast, or the first person to win a challenge, or they had all sorts of different bits and pieces, didn't they? It yeah, was very, was it, it was pretty cool to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Shout up if uh, you're the first one to do something like miscast and go down the pit. Um, and it says painting points, but yeah, that's just uh, you get the possible 10 tournament points if your army is painted. Um, yep, that's it. Uh, so yeah, I am very much looking forward to this. I am, like, like say, for for different reasons that I've looked forward to other events, but uh, it's it will be a good laugh. That is uh, that's guaranteed. I think um, it's nicely placed coming off the narrative, which wasn't competitive. It wasn't a proper full-on competitive. This is full-on competitive, but I'm going to it with a different outlook. Yeah, to end it's full-on competitive, on. not the way that we're going. No, we're, we're doing something a bit different. Yeah, and that's not to say our armies can't win the game, win games. Cause that's not what we're saying, but that's not what we've built the armies for. <laughs> They're built to. Do hilarious things. I, I've built my army for just a look at uh, my opponent's face. As I say, there's five phoenixes, and then well, when get... else would we make five phoenixes? Yeah, that's the point, isn't it? If I get annihilated, fine, but it's just for that bit where three fifths of the phoenixes are deployed as one because they're all characters. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> so how many um, how many drops do you actually have? I've got seven. Which is higher than I wanted, but... Seven including characters, I assume, yeah? Yeah, seven all in. That's amazing. So, Karadjian, the two anointed's are one drop, and then there's the two phoenixes. Uh, one, two... Yeah, and then there's four core choices. Sadly, I had to take four core choices. Yeah. I have 12 drops including characters, so I've got 11 drops before my characters hit the table. <laughs> You've gone the other way to me. Well, well, purely because of the core tax, I have one, two, three, four, five. I've got six drops in core alone. Mm. Well, I could have got to plus three, I think, on this if I'd taken uh, spears and arches, but like they're just not fast enough. I don't want anything. No, I think the beauty of your list is that it's just so incredibly quick. Couldn't even wedge. Well, actually, I could have wedged a um, like a noble on an eagle or something, but of a griffin, as Steve has an alternative list that you suggested. Oh, that list. Um, yeah. So actually, I, no, I couldn't have because I'm at my minimum core allowance. So I couldn't. I'd have to cut a phoenix, which obviously is not going to happen. It's the most ridiculous thing that anyone's ever said, isn't it? <laughs> Any predictions on where you might uh, finish up? Where will I finish? No, I've got absolutely zero <laughs> predictions. <laughs> Me neither. Um, it, it, like Jet Aldrin, this this kind of list is very, very matchup dependent. Um, if I get a a pleasant matchup, 
it could actually do really quite well. If I was to play a gun line or a light council, <laughs> I would not like to think how badly I would get beaten. <laughs> That's the same here. Like if I play a gun line, it's uh, it's not going to end very well. Um, but I don't, my, my at least your at least everything you have that's big and flying has got a ward save. Yeah, there's that, and there's some bits and pieces which might keep them alive a bit longer. But other than that, either it'll, way, it'll it's, just be it's full, of exciting, full of exciting things, isn't it? It'll be line up on the the edge of my deployment zone and charge, and then see where I go from there. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> well. Nothing I'm going to admit, anyway. Um, Honestly, deep, deep, deep thinking it's for losers. Yeah. Monsters. Big monsters are for winners. <laughs> and even if there's only you and I, there's clearly at least Max that also thinks that, because yeah. he's got three blood And there's somebody else with two Keeper of Secrets. Yes. Those a... people are our type of people, Mark. <laughs> there's the double Keeper list as well, so... Stan couldn't make it. I think it would be... Just to very briefly say how mental Stan's list is. What exactly? I, I know it's just a sea of goblins, but what? Obviously, without magic items, that is just scroll because it's, it is hilarious. He's got um, two hordes of night goblins, standard, um, who obviously all have fanatics. Then a, a, a standard unit of night goblins with fanatics. So there's nine fanatics, I think. Yeah, he's he's got a horde that is sixty-eight models big. That is forty-eight <laughs> cave squigs and twenty handlers, <laughs> which is outrageous. And frankly, if it gets into combat with things, I don't think there's much that that wouldn't kill. Nah, um... I mean. One thing to note that squig hoppers are immune to psychology, squig gobbers, the squig herds are not. And then um, they explode, don't they? If you kill the. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just kill the handlers, which is why he's got 20 rather than the standard 10. <laughs> he's then got six trolls, two mangler squigs, two snotland pump wagons, and two squig gobbers. Like, the list is brilliant. It's essentially. Fanatics and squigs. That's all it is. I think I'd have a real problem with that because I don't think I could kill enough of them. Not only that, but nine fanatics are going to really hurt. Yeah. And I've got no, well, I've got some chaff, but not nine nine fanatics worth. <laughs> if your chaff, one, for, one or two fanatics are killing your chaff. Yeah. And my chaff would be your core. <laughs> <laughs> Mike's core, there's just not very many of them. And what's also hilarious, Stan's only got three scoring units. <laughs> Two hordes and one smallish bus yeah, of but, goblins. But he's he's gone for he was supposed to be on this, but because he's he's only just managed to master MySpace, he doesn't want he can't operate <laughs> Discord. So <laughs> he can't he hasn't got a chance to defend his list. But he's gone for There's no defence. We're both sitting here saying how wild and how we approve of these lists. Like, this yeah. crazy list was the birth. To be fair to Stan, his crazy idea for a list was the birth That's true. of how crazy a list can we make? It's just that he went crazy with little things. You and I were like, 
Hold on a second. He went massive coupons. He went for quantity. We went for quality. Well, we went with the two things we both love the most: <laughs> screaming and phoenixes. Yeah, that's. Uh, he just must like squeaks. To be fair, they're awesome. <laughs> I just, I, I, every time I play them, I forget how good squig herds are in combat. Unless you have a Death Star that can kill them first, like that is. Aren't they all strength five? Yeah, I... and the, the front rank has got two attacks. So, assuming he's still got at least three ranks, <laughs> that's forty strength five attacks coming at you. Yeah, that's nonsense. That because you can't. He also target... has a... And he's got a level four on the little war for magic support and goblin shenanigans. But the best thing in his list because he all he takes him as part of the theme because it's all night goblins. He's he's general is of course. The one and only Skarsnik. <laughs> you got to stick to that theme. Honestly, like it's just it's a night goblin list, purely night goblins with like full of squigs. Because even the, well. even the even the shooting or even the artillery is squig. It's night <laughs> goblin squig gobbers. There's nothing in the list that isn't night goblin themed. Well, what can you say? Uh, and it uh, comes with a com score of minus one. I think it's a really, really fun list. I think However, it's quite well. Stan can't pass an animosity test to save his life. So actually, it could do nothing for the entire weekend. He can't do leadership either, so... No, it's not gone well, to be fair. What he needs is almost completely immune to psychology. <laughs> yeah, entirely squig-based. Oh, no, they're not immune to psychology. Yeah, hoppers. Yes, they are, yeah. Has he got any of that? He's got loads. They obviously didn't make him in the list because he was fitting in as many fanatics as he humanly could. Well, there's always next time. There's always next time. But yeah, so that stance list, that rounds out the hilarious lists we're taking. The challenge in reality is fitting these lists, not your models because there's not a lot of them. The, the challenge is fitting all of these models into a car and our bags and the three adults that are also into the car. Well, my... This list, though it's got no models in it, takes up more space than the Laria list because the the phoenixes are so fragile that I've had to fill a box full of uh, packing material to, to make sure they don't snap off the bases. Yeah, um, yeah. We'll have to play some jiggery pokery with the car, I assume, on the way down. It'd be like Tetris. I'll, I'll rearrange it. I might be able to drop a box, but at the minute it's spread across. Dangerous Tetris. Yeah. Yeah, mine's across two at the minute, and then then you then you stuff on top, which is obviously going to be another bag. Yeah, I'll work it but out. I'm shall we manage? There's only there's only three of us, and we've got obviously the boot and then the rest of the back seat, so it'll be fine. Be fine. Be fine. Work it out. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> just remember, I just remember to take my smuggler with us because the like, terror gates are definitely going to damage. Well, speaking of what could go wrong. Um... You're coming back to see what happens after the event. Um, I certainly am. Um, I look forward to the debrief, to be honest. <laughs> it will be hilarious. So as standard, we'll do an episode about what happened and whether it matched our predictions or went badly off off piste. Before we go, what? how many high elves are there? Um, there's a lot. Yeah. Um, there's not as many as there were the last time we went. Because I think there's a lot of techlessness. Lists or techless eye, whatever, whatever the plural of techless is. There shouldn't be a plural of techless because there's only one of them. But 
there's one, two, three, four, five. Oh my god, there's six high elf lists. There's still a lot of high elves. I think um, the last time it was like 50% of the list of the high elves. Yeah, so there's six. So you've got six people to try to go best in race with. Oh, I'm not going to win that. There's, there's people. There's, there's then five open goblin lists for Stan. And there is there's three vampire lists. Uh, and actually, all three different vampire lists are very themed in different ways. So I also only give these lists away. Oh, it's after the event, so it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> Scott's list. Um, our good friend Scott McHugh's, uh, another one of the Triple Crown guys. All the Triple got, Crown guys are available. They are. The other Triple Crown guys are available, but his list is very cool. I like it. Um, it's got a massive unit of 10 hex rates and then a unit of 7 hex rates. And it's got three units of dogs. <laughs> the best unit in the book. Honestly, like, I, I looked at his list, and much like my good self, he also has a fly in Count Manfred. So, <laughs> hilarious. And then um, Rowan, who rounds out the vampires, he, he's got a... Mounted Vampire Lord, um, level four, four necromancers, crypt ghouls, zombie zombies, ten. He's got so he's vampire lords and a black knight bus, and then he's got two units of six crypt horrors and a mortis engine. So those two units of six crypt horrors will all be sitting next to the mortis engine, so we'll have a four or four regen save. That's quite. So nice. That's quite. Yeah, you know, all three of the vampire lists are very different. They like really different, um, themed very differently. So that'll be interesting to see, see where that that goes. If I was to put money on who would finish top of the vampires, I might be tempted to say um, the duke, because that's a lot of ethereal. Yeah, if you got no magic weapons and a big units to try to kill before Manfred, who's a magical beast, or the level 4 necromancer that he's also got reses them back. Um, I think he's gonna, it's, this is going to be a very hard list to take points off, would be my suggestion. I've just had a look at the High Elves as well, and I can't see uh, White Lion Horde, Valario. No, so... Interesting. Obviously, we've got our first round draws already. Um, and I have High Elves for my first opponent. And although he has White Lions in the list, there's only 23 of them. Yeah. Like, it's a very... It's a minus one comp, and it's in no way, shape, or form a, a bad-looking High Elf list. I appreciate we can't say magic items, etc., but there's only one Phoenix. There's no Horde. There's, of course, a Teclas, because it seems to be the, the event of Teclases. <laughs> Um, um, well, that one you're playing, yeah, it's 23. Techless doesn't buff any units, so there's no ward save for them. Well, unless there's a battle of the world dragon Could be. on either them or the BSB, because there is a BSB there. Could be. I would imagine there will be, and then they'll also have, he's also got 18 Phoenix Guard, so there'll be two. There's almost two bunker units. There's not a lot of. There's no what I would call. Ha an, there's no hammer there. There's just anvils. If oh, I'm gonna suppose twenty three what lines are still gonna cause damage. They're not going anywhere um, because they're stubborn. And you know, Teclas is a magical beast, even though he also does not have a ward save or armor. 
for all that. But you know what a no wall surf techless is calling out for? Spirit leads. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Well, to find out how that goes, tune in to the next episode where we find out what happens at Cardiff. Amazing. We'll see you on that one then. So uh, thanks for coming back again for the 20th time, Scott. And I'll no doubt do the the same references that you always are on this uh, podcast when we do the next one. So that's not good. Looking forward to it. Thanks, Mark. (laughs) See you later. See you, man.